You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And this is going to be our, you know, quote-unquote official spring preview, spring football game preview. Um, Miami will be holding their annual spring game Saturday, April 16th at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, which is the home of the local MLS club, uh, Inter Miami. So it'll be a, a, a different atmosphere, which I'm, I'm excited to see. I haven't, I haven't experienced anything at that stadium since it was the old Lockhart Stadium. Um, so I think it'll be fun. It's expected to be a, a sellout. You know, I've been told, I think the capacity is like, somewhere around like 19,000. I'm told they're expecting more than that. So, it, you know, it might be a, a standing room only situation. Should be a fun atmosphere. Uh, should be a fun showcase for Mario Cristobal uh, to give a glimpse to the fan base about what type of team this is right now uh, in this 2022 year. Uh, but, but before we get into the spring game preview, Gabby, I think we should start with talent acquisition, because that's, you know, as we record right now, that's what most of the fans care about, specifically the latest on Georgia offensive line transfer, Amarius Mims. So when we recorded uh, Thursday, it was early Thursday afternoon, uh, following the 14th practice, uh, we, we relayed that you know, Miami wasn't worried necessarily about all the buzz that was coming out of Florida State. Miami expected him to still visit this weekend, which was the original plan. Uh, but as we record here, about 24 hours later, um, things appear to be changing. And uh, it does sound like things are trending even more positively for Florida state. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely fair to say. I mean, you know, just even the reports coming out of Tallahassee, you know, 
um, kind of indicating that, you know, this Miami visit may not happen and just kind of checking in with some people this morning. I mean, I, I don't think anyone in Coral Gables is really sure about, you know, that Amarius Mims is definitely getting down here. Um, I don't think it's completely ruled out yet. I mean, I wouldn't completely rule it out, but, um, you know, I do feel like things are trending, you know, more and more towards Florida state and, um, you know, yeah, with a, with a decision potentially coming, uh, tonight, you know, as soon as, uh, Friday night, according to, you know, the guys over at Knowles 247. So, um, you know, definitely something, something to continue to monitor, but, um, you know, not trending Miami's way with the Marius Mims right now. Yeah, this is, uh, this would be a, a significant win for Florida state in a recruiting battle that both programs really wanted to, uh, to win. So, you know, we call it how we see it here. Kudos to Florida state. If, uh, they do end up landing Mims, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's over, over, but it's hanging by a thread from a Miami perspective. Right. Uh, I think the, the feeling was over the past couple of days that Mims would, would come down and explore all his options and hear Miami out. Um, and it was Florida state's job once he got on campus to make sure that opportunity did not happen. Um, so if Florida state gets that done, you got to tip your hat because that's, uh, that's a really strong recruiting job to not to convince a player to not fully explore all his options. Um, so Let's, uh, anything else on Mims? Not for me. Not, not, okay. not right now. I think there's a couple of things potentially, but I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, look, this is, this is the ups and downs of recruiting and, uh, you know, right now it does look like a, where there's smoke, there's fire situation with Florida state, but Miami's going to keep battling behind the scenes, um, from there. Uh, side of this recruitment. Um, Caleb Johnson, a linebacker transfer, uh, was visiting Miami or is visiting Miami. I don't know exactly the timeline of, of his visit, to be honest, but uh, what's, what's the latest there? What do we need to know? We've talked about Caleb, the UCLA transfer uh, at linebacker and what he could potentially bring to the linebacker group. Um, what do we need to know there, Gabby? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought the visit re went really well. Um, you know, I think they're trying to close things out last night. I mean, just from what I understand, they're trying to maybe keep him from getting to Texas or from taking that official visit to Texas next week. Um, it sounds like that's something that's in the works. That's what he told me yesterday, you know, just trading messages that, you know, Texas is who he originally signed with coming out of junior college. I think it was like Fullerton College or something like that. And, uh, you know, he inked with the Longhorns. So I think, uh, you know, if you were to get, if you were to go to Texas again, um, you know, I think that that could make things a little bit more complicated, but for, for Miami, but, you know, again, Mitchell Goudet's here. Um, he retweeted the fact that Mitchell Goudet got a uh, got himself a car in an NIL deal with the, with the Ruiz family and life wallet. Um, you know, I think that Miami, you know, did a really good job there. And, you know, even just coming into the visit, he thought that, you know, this Miami visit could potentially be it for him. So um, I think next thing to track is just whether he actually makes it to Texas or not, or even if he just decides to announce a decision here shortly. Um, not really sure which direction that's going to go, but I know Miami is trying to battle off um, that that Texas official visit. Yeah, and you mentioned Mitchell Agude. He he's, of course, a UCLA transfer that Miami has landed or, or he has committed to Miami. He's a defensive end. So, uh, teammates at UCLA, clearly Mitchell Agude is 
helping Miami and recruiting Caleb to join him uh, from UCLA to Miami. Uh, there was another big time visitor at the linebacker spot, but this is a, uh, a high school prospect, right? Um, top 50 prospect Malik Bryant out of the Orlando area was there in person to watch you and practice. Um, how did that visit go? Yeah, I, I thought that went, I thought it went really well with me with uh, Malik Bryant. He was there with a bunch of family members, I believe his mom, and I'm not sure if it was brothers or cousins or just friends. Uh, but had a had I think he was there with uh, four other people. Uh, you know, finally got a chance to meet Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong. That was the first time they were actually able to interact in person, just because the last time he was at Miami for that elite prospect day. I mean, Miami didn't have a defensive coordinator or a linebackers coach, so that was a really big deal. And you know, he said that he really liked the way that Kevin Steele schemes up his defense, and you know, Sot kind of sees himself in like a Jack type of role, like you know, hybrid defensive end, uh, outside linebacker type. I think that's where he feels most comfortable, kind of what, like what he played at IMG. And, um, you know, I think that's where he's kind of had a lot of success. And he says that he really likes the way that, you know, like his potential role in that defense. And he just believes in the development from those guys. I mean, he understands that it's a big, a big time staff. And, you know, he said that he's setting a, a June official visit for Miami and that, you know, Alabama, Florida, and, you know, obviously the hurricanes are, are three of the schools he knows will get official. So, um, you know, I really do think Miami's, a you know, sitting in a pretty good spot here, obviously got to battle a couple big time SEC programs and uh, potentially a couple more of Georgia and a couple, maybe some others, uh, you know, decide to maybe push a little bit more. So, uh, but I think Miami's doing what they can right now, man. And I think they've put themselves in a pretty good spot early on. Another guy to talk about that was there Thursday, top 247 safety, Derek Williams, hard hitter at safety uh, out of Louisiana. Um, what is the latest there? Yeah, you know, I think it's a big deal that Miami got him down for a visit. I mean, just want to, I think he's the number two ranked safety, according to the, the 24-7 sports composite. Um, so, you know, big time talent. I know guy, I know a guy that some of our national writers are, are really high on. So, um, you know, just even talking to him, I mean, he said he's been on a face, like FaceTime calls with Ed Reed, that he's talked with Ed Reed plenty. Ed Reed wasn't at practice on Thursday, which uh, maybe you would have liked, I mean, we would have liked to see, you know, considering this is a, you know, hard hitting safety from Louisiana. Um, but you know, Ed Reed wasn't there, but I mean, I think overall things, things went really well. He did, he was kind of a soft-spoken kid, didn't say a whole ton, but did say he got to sit down with coach Cristobal and he likes the direction of the program. And, you know, he sees Miami getting one of his five official visits, uh, in June. So I, that's the next step is kind of seeing who's going to actually, you know, who's visiting and then setting up official visits. Uh, a lot of those should start coming in the summertime. Sounds like Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Florida, Michigan, uh, Tennessee, you know, a, a lot of the big time programs are involved there for, for Derek Williams. And he got to see a, uh, plenty of them. I think he got to see Oklahoma as well. So uh, Miami's got a battle and it sounds like, uh, you know, hopefully they get one of those five spots. Before we jump into the names that are expected to visit for the spring game, I, I want to throw this one at you too, Gabby, because there's, you know, this one gets asked a lot on the message board just because it's been, I don't know, a week or 10 days since he's visited and there really hasn't been much out there since on him. But West Virginia defensive line transfer, Akeem Mesador, just your current understanding of where things are with Miami and him right now is... Yeah, I, I mean, I think I really do think that Miami's still feeling pretty confident. I mean, when I first, you know, following that visit, they told me like, hey, you know what? He's probably going to take one more visit, um, you know, kind of see how that goes. But they still felt like they were the leader in the clubhouse, um, you know, kind of heard during the week that maybe that visit wasn't happening. And then, you know, 
I was on a phone call last night where they told me, you know, yeah, he's probably going to take a, another official visit to USC. So seems to be another sort of roller coaster type of situation. Does that visit happen? When is that visit scheduled for? I don't think anyone really knows. Is that visit actually even going to happen? Um, but, you know, I think it's I think it's notable that, you know, some time has passed now and he hasn't committed to Miami and hasn't really, you know, popped up at another school either. So. Um, I think it's just one of those, one of these, another situation that we just got to kind of continue watching out for these transfer recruitments are different, man. They, yeah. I feel like they're much more, they're much more difficult to track. And, yes. um, you know, it's, I feel like it's just something just new to everyone across the recruiting landscape. It's, so, I mean, I think it's one of those things you just kind of got to be patient and, and see how this goes again. I think that they're still feeling all right, uh, down in Coral Gables, but, uh, kind of got to wait out that USC visit and see how it goes. Yeah. Transfer recruitments are different to your point. It, you know, it's uh, each recruitment is its own entity, but I remember like Antonio Moultrie, right? Like he visited Miami. Yeah. Miami felt good. Yeah. Uh, and then things kind of went quiet there. And then for weeks, like I feel like three weeks. Right. And then kind of all of a sudden he just announced on Twitter, Hey, I'm officially committing to Miami. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to happen here with Aki Mesador. We'll see uh, if he visits USC and whatnot, but um you're right. Transfers, you know, they're, they're, they're making business decisions. And uh, so they're really kind of evaluating what is their best option for their careers. Um, because this is kind of as a transfer, you get one transfer, one free transfer, I should say. Uh, and so you got to make the most of it. So, but yes, I agree. I think Akib, you know, Miami feels very good about where they stand right now with Akib. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, all right. Anything else to touch on before we jump into spring? Am I missing anyone? The spring game visitors? No, I mean, we can jump into some spring game visitors. It sounds like it's going to okay. be a pretty, a pretty juiced list. Yeah. So who's the number one guy you want to highlight? Yeah, I think it's Let's Anthony. Go. I think it's Anthony Hill, the, the five-star linebacker out of Texas, number one ranked linebacker in the country. Um, I, he's already, he already tweeted that he's down at Miami already at the facility. So, you know, I think it's a, I think it's big that, you know, they're finally able, they're able to get him down here for a visit. I think I've mentioned in the past too, I think, uh, dad is from marathon key, uh, you know, down in the Florida keys, obviously. So, uh, a little bit of a homecoming, but yeah, I know it was a big deal for Miami to get Anthony Hill on, on campus for this spring, for the spring game. And, uh, you know, something we reported a while, a while back. So good to see that kind of come, come through. And Texas A&M, I, you know, I've seen they, they've gotten an early crystal ball here. Fair, I mean, that's kind of the local school, right? So is that probably the, the main or the top school that Miami is going to have to overcome if they do land in Anthony Hill? Yeah, I mean, just look, I mean, just look at what Texas A&M has just been doing on the recruiting trail. I think it's easy to see why, uh, you know, that why Texas A&M would be attractive to one of those in-state kids, one of these kids from Texas. So, yeah. Uh, I'd imagine Texas A&M is one of those schools that's probably, uh, you know, sitting at the top or near the top. And, you know, I, I it is, it is, it's always going to be tough to go land a, a five-star out of Texas, regardless, you know, just kind of pulling right. them from the palms of A&M and even the Longhorns and even Oklahoma, who does a really good job, you know, recruiting the Lone Star State as well. So, yeah, I think Miami has their work cut out for them then, but, but you know, this is one of the steps. This is one of the things that you have to do if you're going to make it happen. So definitely a positive step forward there. Who else is it? Who's another guy you want to highlight that is uh, maybe traveling an impressive distance to visit yeah. this weekend? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Riley Williams, the, the top 247 tight end out of Portland, Oregon. I mean, this is a, this is the second time that he's making this cross-country trip. Uh, was down for Elite Prospect Day, one of the top tight end targets on the board. And, uh, you know, for him to just make that effort, I mean, that, that's big time. I mean, I think that's legitimate interest whenever you're, you're willing to do that for the, you know, I guess second time here in, what, about, about three months so I think that that's a really notable visit. I, again, I even just talking to him after that elite prospect day, you know, just kind of, you know, got the feeling that Miami was one of those schools that, you know, he was really feeling. And he did say at that time, you know, I'm definitely coming back. And, you know, to see him take that second unofficial visit is a, is a big deal. And again, I think one step closer to, you know, potentially getting him on campus officially and all that stuff. I think uh, Miami's, you know, on the right track there in terms of potentially just being like, you know, really in the mix there to land uh, Riley Williams. So that's, that's positive. Are the Pacific Northwest schools kind of the, the teams to watch there in terms of the competition or, or who would be the, the biggest competition for him? Yeah, I know. I know he has like a brother that played at Oregon. I know Oregon's in there. He's been offered by Alabama. Uh, I know he has a lot of schools there in the mix. I think Ohio State's somewhere in there as well. So, you know, I think a lot of these big time schools, I mean, I know Riley Williams is, has, has plenty of suitors, uh, plenty of, you know, major college programs that are all in the mix there. So, um, yeah, Miami, I think, is absolutely in the mix there. But there are some others, you know, from across the country, not close to home. And even those close to home that I think are are trying to are trying to pick them up. Give me another out of stater that is visiting. Yeah, I mean, I'll go Jackson Howard. Uh, you know, Jackson Howard is another big time Miami target. Um, you know, again, another guy that visited for Elite Prospect Day. Um, he's considered an athlete, uh, you know, at one point thought he might've been a tight end also, um, might be trending towards playing on the defensive line. Again, this is someone that I know Miami really, really wants. I mean, whether it is tight end or it's just, you know, they just want this kid on the roster and kind of figure out whatever he's going to be after that. I, you know, I've been hearing he's trending towards defensive line or it's just projecting closer to a defensive line, which is, which is great. Yeah. Dad played in the league. Uh, I know they have a great relationship with Joe Salavea. Um, so, you know, I think he's someone that, you know, again, I think it's a big second unofficial visit from Jackson Howard. Yeah. He's from Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, four-star guy. And you, you go watch his tape. He does play both defensive line and tight end, um, at the high school level and, you know, just eyeing him up a little bit at elite prospect day. Uh, I do think the body type is more conducive for defensive line. He's kind of a a bigger frame guy um, that's only going to continue to fill out. So he's productive uh, as a defensive lineman at high at the high school level. And uh, he would definitely be a good defensive lineman at the college level too. Uh, who else? Let's do two more. Okay. Two more guys you want to single out. Cause we have a running list on inside the U.com right now. Uh, let me, let me just get this out of the way too, Gabby. For this weekend, we, we do have a 50% off annual deal VIP subscription uh, uh, that runs about 53 bucks for a year. So um, jump in, get addicted to this recruiting stuff. It's, uh, it can be an up and down ride, but it's, it's pretty entertaining and fun to follow if you jump in and do it. Um, and also, too, if, if you're a monthly subscriber to the website, you can take advantage of this deal and upgrade. Uh, they are allowing upgradables for this, this specific deal. So, all right, Gabby, two more. Who do you want to highlight first? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll go with Jonel Aguero, the, you know, top 247 safety, uh, you know, played at IMG Academy last year, uh, moved back home, uh, plays at St. John's Prep over there in Massachusetts. I think that's the school he originally played at. Um, you know, a guy that uh, Jamile uh, Day or Dai has, uh, you know, he recruited heavily at Georgia. Georgia is one of the schools that I think, I believe that they're, they're the, the crystal ball leader at this point for Aguero. Um, you know, again, someone else that they've been trying to get on campus for a while. I mean, when, when you just kind of even look back to last summer, Jonel Guerrero was one of the first, you know, 2023 recruits to be at Miami. He was at Miami on June 1st last year when the in-person recruiting opened up. And uh, I think Miami has been a factor for him, you know, throughout this process. But I think now that uh, Jamel Day is, is, uh, is, you know, at Miami and recruiting him, I think that it's a big deal right. that he made it his way, that he's making his way down for, for the spring game. So uh, he's definitely someone that I'm intrigued by, and I think it's a big deal that he's getting down. Again, a lot of SEC schools, and we're talking Alabama, Florida, obviously Georgia, and then LSU are a couple schools that you know are are sitting in a pretty good spot. So Miami's got a Miami's got a again big time recruiting battle, battle, and just kind of see how this goes. So he played at IMG. He's originally from Massachusetts, right? And he's, right. He's back there now, playing yes. in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a talented kind of, I'd say like an in-the-box safety, like a hard hitter kind of tone setter guy. Um, yeah, his his skill set is uh, can be definitely utilized well in a role uh, if they carve out that role for him. Um, all right, last guy you want to highlight, who you going with? Yeah, I'll go with Anthony James. I mean, a Texas A&M commit that hasn't really taken a ton of visits um, you know, he's, he's making his way down to, to, to Miami for this spring game. I mean, really just even just looking like really the only school that he's been to is Texas A&M, the school that he's obviously, that he's been committed to for a while. So, you know, I think it's notable that he's making his way down to Miami. I mean, just kind of talking to him, you know, just trading messages with him. I was just kind of asking like, you know, are, are you kind of open? Are you looking at other schools? And he's like, I'm only really only looking at schools that I think that I could potentially, you know, see myself at. And really, it's only been Miami that, uh, you know, has been able to, you know, get him on campus. So I think it's um, I think that's a pretty big deal that, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, Texas A&M just signed that just absolutely ridiculous class of 2022. Um, you know, if I'm a defensive lineman, you know, again, the positive is that you did that. And the fallback of that is, you know, it might be tough to get, you know, some of the younger defensive linemen to jump on board just because they know what's ahead of them. So, I mean, if, if Anthony James, again, a Wiley East guy, I mean, not far from College Station, from what I understand. Right. Um, if he's looking at that Texas A&M situation and, you know, saying, hey, you know, maybe I can, you know, just I should explore some other options. And Miami's the school that he's looking at. I think that's a, that, that's a pretty big deal. Lots of big time recruits expected this weekend. Gabby will be all over it. Uh, you know, got to throw this out there too, Gabby, the question we all hate uh, as recruiting reporters, will there be any commitments this weekend that you expect right now at this point? Are you on commit watch for anyone? Not to saying if you say no right now that right. it's not going to happen, but uh, like, are you entering this weekend being like, all right, I'm kind of expecting someone to pop. I mean, honestly, no, just kind of, I mean, I'm mean, just looking at some of like the big names that are here and, you know, I could see potentially, but I mean, right now I'm not, I'm not going into this thinking like, Hey, you know what? I think that this guy could pop, you know? Um, but well, I mean, we'll see, you never really know with some of these events. And again, maybe with even some of these guys that are making their return visits back down and, 
you really never know what they're kind of thinking going into it, especially some of these guys with connections like, uh, you know, Riley Williams that has a connection, obviously, to Mario Cristobal and, and to Mirabal right. and these guys, and even to Jackson Howard, who has, you know, really close ties with Salavea. And, you know, the Miami's been doing a really good, good job recruiting him too. Not saying those two are, are, are commit watch guys, but, you know, I do think that, you know, it, again, it's important that these guys are coming back. And I think it shows that they're highly interested in Miami to make that visit. All right. Good stuff. I'm sure there'll be even more. I mean, there is more than we talked about here. Uh, and you never know who else is going to pop into a spring game. So right. stay locked on to InsideTheU.com. Gabby will have all the VIP recruiting updates. Again, take advantage of that annual deal. Um, you definitely get your money's worth uh, with Gabby's coverage. And uh, let's take a break there, Gabby. And on the other side, we will discuss kind of what we want to see, I guess, what we're expecting uh, from Miami spring game on Saturday afternoon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. And Gabby, as we said, as I said earlier in this podcast, right, uh, spring game going to be noon, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Dry Pink Stadium. It'll be televised on the ACC network. So hopefully you have access to watch it there if you're unable to attend in person, which again, I guess it it is going to be sold out. Uh, Might be a standing room only situation. Uh, should be fun, but, uh, let's just start the conversation here, Gabby, because, you know, I, I personally think, you know, I, I think some people have uh, an opinion like spring games don't matter. I go the other way on that. I think everything matters. Right. And so while yes, spring games are always vanilla in terms of schematics, um, I still think it is an important opportunity for a team to compete and for players to emerge um, going into the upcoming season. So let's start here uh, and I'll let you kind of take the lead first here in answering this question. It's very general. What, what's just, what is the biggest thing you want to see from this spring game? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's like a one specific like biggest thing I want to see, but I think one thing I would like just one in particular thing I would like to see is, um, you know, maybe just some big plays in the passing game. Like maybe I want to kind of want to see the receivers create separation. Um, You know, obviously, I think we saw some of that, you know, maybe back half of spring where it's like, okay, I think maybe some of the receivers are going coming along. I mean, Jacoby George is getting recognition nationally as a 
as a player who could be emerging here in 2022, kind of one of those like watch list players of, you know, maybe someone to kind of keep in mind that could break Yeah. Breakout potential. So maybe, you know, I'd like to see a a Jacoby George, you know, big play and, you know, see him make some, you know, either if it's just a, you know, creating separation, catching a long ball and scoring, or maybe just making a, a big time contested catch. I'd like to see one of these, one or a few of these receivers, maybe just make a few, you know, big time plays. I think that would help me feel a little bit better about the, the unit moving forward. And we're mainly talking about like outside receivers, right? right. Cause yeah. I think it's fair to say uh, Xavier Restrepo yeah. probably has the starting slot job locked up. Yeah. Um, you know, Rashard Smith has earned praise from Mario Cristobal here at the end of camp for the way he's playing recently and just the progress he's made uh, from practice one to practice 14 in the spring. Um, but yes, I- I'm with you. I think that's a good point. Um, who's going to step up as an outside receiver. And yeah, I mean, I think, so if we were going to place betting odds on who is the receiver on the outside that we expect to make a big play, right? I Would Jacoby be the betting favorite? That's probably where I would put it right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Um, I, I would probably put Jacoby George at the top of that. Um, yeah, maybe, I mean, I can obviously, I mean, I would love to see Keyshawn Smith emerge too. And even like a Frank Ladson, like I think Frank Ladson having a big spring game would be huge. I yes. mean, for me personally, I mean, ben David, I know we saw that catch he made in the back of the end zone, you know, during the last spring practice, um, you know, if we, you know, he, he makes a play like that. I mean, I would love to see it, um, on Saturday, I drive pink. And what I'm hearing honestly is, is Ladson is making a move here in this second half of spring. I think. The first half, you know, maybe he was getting his feet under him, new situation, kind of just easing into things. But I think he's really picked it up here in the second half of spring and making some big plays in scrimmage situations and practice. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, honestly, betting odds wise, I'd probably put Frank Latz in number two uh, as that deep go route guy. Um, and then Keyshawn Smith would be in there too. Um, but yes. Miami has a big time quarterback. Uh, so to fully realize that potential, they do need a receiver, at least one on the outside to step up and be a threat because that's, that's a big reason, honestly, why uh, Tyler Van Dyke was so successful last year was because Charleston Rambo was that guy on the outside for him in the second half of, of last season. Um where do I go with this? I mean, maybe this is like a cop-out answer, Gabby. Um, but I just want to see, like, do the most talented players who, you know, who we consider, I guess, the most talented players, are they out there making plays? Because, again, this is going to be a vanilla scrimmage schematically. But at the end of the day, right, what is football about? It's kind of about winning your one-on-one matchup. Um, and so when you just line it up and, uh, play base offense against base defense, who's going to emerge as the playmaker, you know what I mean? So we talked about the receivers, uh, on the flip side, right? The corners have gotten praise from Kevin Steele. He's been pleased with how they've come along this spring. He even said they're probably just, they're, they're the biggest pleasant surprise in terms of what he expected coming into spring and what they've shown during the course of the spring. Uh, So there's going to be one-on-one opportunities on the outside at some point in the scrimmage. 
who's going to win those battles. Line of scrimmage, right? We've heard a lot of good things about Jafari Harvey um, and Leonard Taylor in, in the scrimmages. Uh, can those guys show up and generate pressure, right? Because, of course, in a spring game, you cannot sack quarterbacks. Um, but can you generate pressures? Can you get into the backfield on run plays? Um, how are they going to show up in, in those situations? Zion Nelson, right? Is he going to block up his guy like we expect? Elijah Arroyo, are you going to be the playmaker we've seen in practice? So I guess what I'm getting at, Gabby, is just because, uh, you know, the schemes and the play calling is going to be vanilla, that does not uh, exempt players from going out and making plays. Because I would argue in college football, probably any level of football, uh, the best players can make a play regardless of play designs right. or, or what is drawn up. You know, I think you watch, like if you watch an Alabama and Ohio state, uh, a Georgia spring game, these programs are, are, are all running base stuff in the spring too, in their spring games. Uh, but they also generate big plays in those games because they have talent uh, that can, that can win one-on-one -on -one matchups. And I'm not saying Miami's personnel is anywhere close to those programs. Right. But I think we're going to learn, okay, Jafari, can you make a play in base defense? Can you win your one-on-one -on -one battle? Leonard Taylor, you're a big time talent, but are you going to win your one-on-one -on -one battle, uh, in these, in these situations, James Williams, Avante Williams, uh, these are guys that we think of talent. And if they do, that they step up and make plays in base defense. I also want to see like a Wesley Bassaint, you know, how does he look as a early enrollee freshman linebacker that is extremely talented? And, you know, I think if he flashes a little bit, that would be a, a good sign. So I don't know if this is a, if that's a cop out answer, Gabby. I don't but, think it is. You know, look, spring games, of course, they're vanilla. But to me, that's not an excuse for a team to go out and not make plays either side of the ball. And honestly, I want I want playmaking on both sides of the ball. I don't think it's a good sign if the offense is out there just thrashing the defense necessarily. So uh, personally, that's it's simplistic, but just guys who go out and make plays. That's what I want to see. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I want to see all, I'm, that's the thing. Like that's what the spring game is for. Right. I mean, I, again, it, it's, it just kind of depends how you look on it. Like, do you look at it as like a glorified practice or are you just kind of wanting to see these guys compete? And just even hearing Mario Cristobal talking yesterday, it sounds like for at least a half, they're going to play like a real game. And I think when you kind of line it up, you right. want to see who emerges. You want to see who, who are the guys that are just going to either elevate in those game time situations or who's going to maybe just not. And I think even in those types of situations, you can even see those guys that, you know, when the lights come on, uh, you know, this is kind of like, you know, they, they take that next step. So I think it could be a good, you know, indicator of who those types of players are as well. Yeah. Who are the good players and who exactly. are the Jags, right? Like right. just a guy. So, yeah. uh, you know, spring games don't illuminate totally what that situation is, but still, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking to also first team against first team primarily, uh, you know, a third teamer who's a young freshman that goes out and balls out against walk-ons, 
you know, you got to reach your own conclusions there. But what I'm talking about is first team players making first team offensive guys making plays against first team defensive guys. Um, player, Gabby, who's the player that, you know, you feel like has been getting some hype that you want to see for yourself in the spring game. You've already mentioned Jacoby George. You can't go yeah. with that guy. Right. So who are you going with? I, I have a couple guys in mind here. Okay. I think I just changed my mind as I Let's started go. talking. I want to see Jafari Harvey. You know, um, like I think it. that, I think that, I mean, again, we want to see what this pass rush looks like. I mean, obviously they went out and got another one in Mitchell Gude, who we mentioned earlier, but you know, I, I want to see it. I feel like with Jafari Harvey for a few years, I feel like since he got here as an early enrollee, it's kind of been like, you know, he's, you know, really athletic and, you know, he had right. a, he was a top player coming out of high school. And, you know, some people were just thought that thought the world of him coming out of, come, uh, coming out of, of high school and all that stuff. So I, I just want to see him like actually do it. And, you know, David, I know coming out of those spring workouts, the fourth quarter program, you know, what I was hearing was yes. just like, you know, Jafari Harvey was a top performer. You hear during these scrimmages, Oh, Jafari Harvey would have had three sacks, but I mean, I want to see him do it. And again, we've seen some flashes. Right. We saw the pick six against North Carolina and all that stuff. And right. that was a really big play, but I want to see him get after the quarterback, man. I think that that's uh you know, I think that that's his, obviously his big, his next big step in development is just becoming that, that guy coming off the edge for Miami. So if I, I, I want to see him working with, you know, working on Zion Nelson or whichever, if he's working on DJ Scape, I just want to see him get after right. it, man. I agree. I think if he goes out and produces like they've been telling us in those first two scrimmages, I think it'd be a good sign because there's no doubt he has the ability. He has the athleticism uh, to be a productive pass rusher at the college level. It's just for some reason, he hasn't quite been able to put it all together yet um, and manifest that athleticism into sacks and pressures. So I agree. He's one of the guys I want to see. Um, I'll stay on that unit and I will go with Leonard Taylor. Uh, you know, I, I fully believe that he is, uh, you know, go out there, um, uh, having strong scrimmages, right? I think he's, you could make the argument, uh, he's a top, you can make the, I was going to say he's the best or most talented player, but I'll say top five talented player on the team, right? right. He's a freak talent. Mm -hmm. Um, he flashed that last year as a true freshman at defensive tackle, which is very hard to do because that's a grown man position. And he was, uh, he still found a way to go out and make plays as a true freshman from a tackles for loss perspective. Um, uh, but there's still room for him to grow. He still has to work on technique things and is just general understanding of situations. Um, but yeah, I think, look, outside of quarterback, the hardest thing to find in football is a game wrecking defensive tackle. And I think Leonard Taylor can potentially be that guy. Is he going to be that guy this year? I think that's a question that we start to find out maybe on Saturday. And if he's out there having his way, uh, that's going to be a very good sign. For sure. I mean, Leonard Taylor is just an absolute freak show. So, you know, when I, whenever, when he does kind of put it together, I mean, again, you kind of want to see him to continue to trend in the direction that his career could potentially, you know, you know, the way that it could potentially go. I mean, we, we thought about him coming out as, again, you know, number three overall player, potential first round draft pick. I think 
this year he's going to get that opportunity with, you know, obviously a lot more snaps and a lot more opportunities. And, uh, you know, if he can just kind of, you know, continue to create those tackles for loss and do all those things at the same rate that he did as a true freshman, I'm feeling good about him. So yeah. Uh, you know, Leonard Taylor kind of emerging would be, would be big for that defense. And again, there's still pieces being added there and, you know, still guys that they're trying to, that they're trying to bring in to potentially, you know, boost up the defensive line. So if you're getting some solid production from the guys already on the roster, um, I think you, you got to feel good about, you know, what that defensive line looks like when everything's all said and done. You mentioned there's a few guys or a couple guys uh, you could go with here in terms of guys get some hype this spring that you want to see yeah. for yourself play well in the spring game. Who, who are the other, who's the other one maybe you want to highlight? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about Henry Parrish and just because, you know, sure. I feel like Josh Gaddis, I feel like had, had some good things to say about him too. And you know, I know people around the program have, are, are really just like, just really like what they've seen from him. So, you know, I want to see Henry Parrish and, you know, just, he's obviously going to get a, a bulk of the carries with Cody Brown uh, out of the program now officially in the transfer portal. Um, you know, Thad Franklin, probably the only scholarship back who's going to get carries in the spring game. So I want to see, I kind of want to see the Henry Parrish show, you know, obviously I want to see the offensive line, you know, run block better. I think that that's a significant you know, yes. step that they could potentially take on Saturday if they can create some lanes for him. But, you know, I want to see Henry Parrish kind of just go to work and, uh, you know, just sort of visualize what it is that we've kind of seen flashes of, you know, in the, you know, throughout drills and certain situations at practice, but, you know, in a game setting, I want to see Henry Parrish get after it. So he was, he was who I was initially thinking of. And I was like, kind of, you know, Jafari Harvey came up and I was like, maybe you got to go there. Yeah, I, I agree though. Uh, Henry Parrish is an intriguing player and Josh Gaddis did have pretty high praise. Honestly, I know. I mean, maybe it's a little unfair to, to insinuate like Josh Gaddis is hyping up Henry so much when he hasn't seen Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney, uh, as full goes yet, uh, because they're still coming back from injuries. Uh, but it, it, it's pretty clear that Josh Gaddis thinks highly of Henry Parrish and, and just the little bit that we've seen, he is a slippery runner. Um, uh, he has good vision, good patience, not the biggest guy, um, uh, but he does slip through tackles and does a nice job of, you know, understanding angles and, and how to play those angles to his advantage as a ball carrier um, position group that we still feel a little bit concerned about going into the spring game. So we're going to be watching that group uh, through that prism. What, what would you go with there? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think linebackers is, is probably, you know, the, I mean, to me, maybe the, yeah, the most easy. obvious and yeah, just yeah. The easy answer, low hanging fruit. Um, do want to see how those guys perform again? Like, I, I kind of want to see what Wesley the Saint does, right? Like, I think that he's someone that, sure. you know, could potentially, you know, do something. And, you know, I think he brings something a little bit different to that linebacker room now. But, um, you know, I do want to see maybe Keontre Smith. I mean, he's someone that's been making plays. I think he's someone that's generated some praise as well. So, you know, can Keontre Smith come out here and make, and make, make a few plays? And so, right. I mean, I'm definitely going to be looking at them and seeing if there's just any noticeable improvement, you know, even between Corey Flagg and, and Wayne Steed, you know, who's now just a, a vet and Keontra Smith, who's been around the program for a few years now, and I guess his second full year at linebacker. So, um, you know, I'll be looking at them and just seeing if there's anything that we can take away from that where we're like, oh, you know, all right, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit better than maybe, you know, just with a little bit more help via the transfer portal, if, if that room could potentially be all right. Yeah. And with the Saint, you know, I, I think it's, you know, with an early enrollee freshman, to me, like where it starts is like, 
does he look like he belongs already as an early enrollee freshman? Is because it's going to be a different type of moment for him in a spring game with a, a decent crowd, right? So there could be some jitters there. But how does he handle that moment? Does he hold his own? Uh, does he limit the the busts? Um, and to me, if he does those things, makes the plays that come to him, it's going to be a positive sign moving forward going into the summer, which is going to be huge for him in terms of building up his body enough so that he can handle some of the rigors at the college level. Um, I think linebacker is definitely the position group to go with there in terms of like, yeah, a little concerned about it. So let's see how they performed, how they perform. Um, where do I want to go with this one? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go corner. I'm not like, I'm not concerned about corner like I am with linebacker. Right. But, um, I just, I do wonder like, how good are they? Uh, I think they're decent players, but you know, a lot of times, you know, the guys that we've seen, right. They'll play well, you know, just to, just to put it in a certain type of way, I guess, like, let's say they, there's 10 snaps, right. They play well for eight snaps. And then the two snaps are just like disastrous where they allow huge plays that just are unacceptable, whether that's a missed tackle or, or a coverage bust or just an inability to make a play on a ball. So I guess that's what I want to see, right? Like, and receivers are going to win some contested catch situations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I want to see, like, can that corner group limit the inexcusable missed tackles, the inexcusable bad coverage, the inexcusable busts? Because I think they are good enough. I don't, you know, they're not special, but I think they're good enough, uh, you know, to get by with in 2022. What do you think about that corner group? Yeah, I mean... I guess I mean, I would say I'm encouraged by, you know, maybe some of the comments that even like Kevin Steele made where it's like, you know, that was maybe I was pleasantly surprised or, or whatever it was, but yeah, I think we still got to kind of see him do it. And I feel like a lot of these guys, you know, even maybe even in practice settings have looked good, even over the course I agree. of the careers. I think they have looked pretty good this spring. Like, yeah. Like Isaiah, Dun- like, like Isaiah Dunson, like maybe he's someone that, that emerges and like, I'd like to see if maybe he is someone that, you know, again, in the game setting and, we kind of saw last fall where, it, you know, Isaiah Dunton just did not look good at corner. And, you know, I know there was right. like, you know, maybe moving him to safety was, was more the move. So, I mean, if, if he did get noticeably better, I think we'll probably find out on Saturday. Um, again, I, I, I feel like with corner, I'm still kind of like prove it like more than just like, yes. all right, like I can take, I can buy the, yeah, maybe they're, they're not, maybe they're surprising or whatever it is, but I mean, again, on game days, it could be, it, it just seems to get disastrous. And if you can kind of limit that, and I don't want to take that away from like, oh, if a receiver makes a play versus a corner, just kind of getting, I mean, I know that that's always like, oh, if the receiver makes the play, then the corner just got beat or. That's not vice- always the case, right? Yeah, it's not always so. the case. So I think, I think it'd be important to just kind of like really just kind of consume like how the cornerbacks played and just be able to just kind of see what we can take away from that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm encouraged and, you know, let's see how it goes. If Torcory Couch takes that next step, if Isaiah Dunson takes that next step, uh, you know, even let's see how Al Blades looks and, uh, you know, some of these other guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I, I can, I can definitely see the cornerbacks being all right. And, but yeah, that's definitely a proven spot for me. I think 
it'll be interesting to see, like, of course, it's going to be vanilla, base, whatever. But, like, how many shots, how many deep shots are dialed up? Because we've talked about already, Gabby, like, we want to see what outside receivers step up and make plays. And then we also want to see how the corners respond to those situations. Um, and again, if a receiver goes up and makes a contested catch on a corner, uh, sometimes the corner has to tip their cap. But the key then is to get that receiver on the ground as soon as possible. Don't let that play right. turn into more than it should be, et cetera. Um, all right. We will we'll go out on this note. Um, looking forward to the spring game. Uh, watch some real football in the spring. Uh, but let's get out on this note, Gabby. And we will leave, I'll, you know, it's pretty open-ended, but uh, if blank happens, you will leave the spring game feeling pretty good. So do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, my bad. My audio just completely went dead for like the last like 10 seconds. So I don't know if you want to repeat whatever it is that you said. I was just, I was just freaking out. Like I had no idea what happened. You're good. So last thing we'll, we'll touch on before we get out of here, right? We'll just leave it on this note. The one thing we're kind of looking for. So if, if blank happens, so I'll, I'll go first, right? Uh, if Miami shows that they have improved their tackling, right. I'm going to feel better about this team coming out of the spring, right? Like, I think when I look at this defense, um, to me, that's the one thing that, that they can control in which they can improve year over year significantly and uh, which will lead to results on that side of the ball, right? I think the personnel improving and, and the talent improving has to take time, right? That happens with recruiting and transfer portal talent acquisition. Uh, so the personnel and talent level is what it is on that side of the ball. And it's okay. It's not like elite, of course. It's okay. It's good enough. Uh, but to me, the thing they can control, tackling. Uh, which, you know, I think you could argue some of the worst tackling game in their losses, right? Uh, the poor tackling was a big factor in some of those one-score losses uh, that Miami suffered. So, um, you know, I, I think in general, the defense is going to be, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but if the tackling is trending in the right direction, which, you know, the feedback we're getting is that it is, uh, to me, that is like a tangible thing you can hold on to and feel better about this team coming out of the spring. Where do you I mean, go with this? I mean, it's, I feel like for me, it's tackling for sure. I think that's like this single thing where it's just like, again, the defense in a lot of ways, it is what it is, but like if the team overall is just tackling better, like that's where I would just feel like, all right, I think that this team could like actually, you know, or the defense could just make a, you know, just take a real step forward because they're just going to be better at getting guys to the ground. And obviously that needs to just translate over the next few months or whatever, until they get into, you know, fall camp and, and all that good stuff. But if I see that they're tackling better and just being more physical, really, I, I'm, right. I'm going to feel better about the team in general. Um, I'm going to just feel like, all right. Cause I feel like, you know, on offense, 
at the end of the day, you have a quarterback that I think that you can ride. I think he can be your guy. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think you feel all right about that. I think that there's enough talent where it's just like, you know, maybe a Jacoby George emerges on defense. I feel like, you know, again, with the transfer portal and with some additions, uh, you know, if they're able to get a couple guys, you know, I'd naturally feel better there too. But I think just getting guys on the ground has been, I feel like it's been a downfall for, you know, in a lot of ways for this team, um, you know, just throughout, you know, really, I guess the past couple of years or whatever it's been. Um, so, I mean, that's where I'm at too, man. Maybe like, I would probably, if I was thinking about something else, like, you know, maybe just if they ran the ball better, if I saw some right. of those, you know, holes open up, um, on the, on the offensive line, um, again, I think then, what we're speaking to, right. Is, is the culture that Mario Cristobal is trying to instill in his first spring, right. That's what, that's what spring number one for any new head coach is about, uh, implementing your culture. Mario Cristobal is all about physicality. So what's that going to mean? Blocking and tackling, right? The essence of football is blocking and tackling. Um, You know, the run game last year, the last two years, uh, the run blocking was brutal to watch. Uh, I, I, I feel good about where things are trending in that regard from what we've seen in the spring. Now the personnel needs to keep improving. Um, but just some of the schematic stuff they're doing to, to find angles in the run game and leverage in the run game, I think is encouraging in, in terms of finding yardage there. Um, and the tackling, quite frankly, we haven't really seen it all spring because we, we weren't able to watch the scrimmages where they were actually doing some tackling. And then in regular practices, while the Mario Cristobal practices are more physical than what we've seen uh, previously, um, they're still just thudding, you know, they're not, they're not tackling to the ground, um, which is what football is in college and the NFL nowadays. So, um, physicality, let's leave it there. Um, again, appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. If you guys want to take advantage of this VIP annual deal that we got rolling this weekend surrounding the spring game, uh, means a lot when you guys do that, but uh, just in general, means a lot, everyone listening to this podcast. And uh, Gabby and I will have a quick little recap on our thoughts following the spring game as well on Saturday, as soon as we could do that. And uh, again, hopefully everyone has a wonderful weekend. Hopefully everyone enjoys watching some off-season Miami Hurricanes football. And until next time, take care. Take care.